driving, but lost everything pretty much. So it's, yeah, it's pretty soul destroying to be honest. I certainly never thought I'd wake up or even live through something like this. The devastating weather events over the summer have hammered home the reality of climate change and what the future might hold for Aotearoa. But debate over how New Zealand could and should meet its emissions targets is still raging, especially when it comes to methane. The government has set a target to reduce methane emissions by at least 24% by 2050. But some, like Federated Farmers President Andrew Hoggard, say the methane from dairy farms isn't contributing any extra warming. The emissions from them haven't increased since 2006. They've remained static since then. So who is right, and how should we deal with this tricky gas? Kia ora koutou, no mai, haere mai, ki tēnei pāhorangi nā puna, nā stuff, ko te tikanga katoa, the whole truth. Ko Kate Newton tōku ingoa, he kairi puata hau ki puna. E mihi nui ana ki a koutou e whakarongo mai nei. Welcome to The Whole Truth, to Tikanga Katoa, a podcast from Stuff that's part of our award-winning fact-checking project. I'm Kate Newton, a reporter at Stuff, and with me is fellow reporter Charlie Mitchell. Kia ora, Charlie. Kia ora. So we commonly talk about CO2, uh, carbon dioxide, carbon emissions when we're talking about climate change, but what we're talking about today is methane, right? So can you just talk me through what methane is, how it differs from CO2, and, and why we're talking about that today. Yeah, sure. So, um, so, so both methane and CO2 are greenhouse gases, which means they warm the atmosphere, but they do it in different ways. So methane, and when we're talking about methane here, we're talking about biogenic methane, which means it comes from ruminant animals, so basically farm animals. So methane, unlike CO2, it is very powerful, but it doesn't last in the atmosphere for very long. So if you think of CO2, um, when you, say, drive your car that runs on petrol, the CO2 from that will warm the atmosphere for centuries and centuries. So you drive to the supermarket, you'll be warming the climate centuries from now. Mm-hmm. Um, methane breaks down in the atmosphere very quickly. Um, most of it is gone within about 12 years. So that's quite an important distinction. So one way to think about it is that methane is kind of like a river. So you have a source of biogenic methane, say a herd of cattle, it will emit the methane and then after about 12 years it starts breaking down, breaking down, breaking down. And you end up with this kind of equilibrium where the amount coming in and the amount going out is the same as long as that sort of emission source stays relatively stable for a long enough period of time. Okay. So so when farming groups talk about dairy and other types of farming not contributing to our emissions footprint and not contributing to additional warming, and some are even saying uh, you know, farming may actually already be at net zero in some cases, what's the basis for that claim? Do you want to maybe expand on that analogy a little bit more? Yeah, so, so it's sort of a semantics argument about what warming means. Traditionally, when we talk about warming in terms of the climate, we mean um, an emission of something that is causing the atmosphere to be warmer than it would be without that emission. Mm -hmm. Um, A more common usage, I guess, uh, particularly amongst farming groups nowadays, is this term called additional warming, where where they say that, um, yes, that that warming exists, but it's not getting worse. Um, 
So one way to look at this, I think, is through um, sheep farming, for example. So mm -hmm. the number of sheep in New Zealand has dropped heaps um, to the point where the number of sheep in New Zealand are not causing additional warming. So the warming contributed by sheep is not increasing. Right. But they are still causing warming because there are still millions of sheep. They're birthing. That's still warming the climate. Um, and so that's sort of what this hinges on, whether the additional warming is the problem or the existing warming that they are contributing is the problem. And it's this right. kind of subtle semantics difference um, that, that really is not a scientific question. It's more a political, social question. Right. And so you can count it one way to serve one purpose and count it another way to, to serve a different purpose, yeah, depending right. on what your take on the whole debate is. Yeah. Yeah. And the cost to you personally, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. 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 So what I want to just grapple with and really understand is when we're talking about um, this analogy of a river uh, where at a certain point the flow into the river and the flow out of the river is the same and you sort of have this equilibrium sitting in the middle. If the river didn't exist at all, then then that would be a decrease overall, right? Mm -hmm. If the cows in New Zealand didn't exist, there would still be an impact, like a net benefit impact for the climate from that, right? Yeah, so that contribution to, to warming the atmosphere would no longer exist. So, for example, the, the Parliamentary Commissioner for the Environment said fairly recently that the, the, the sort of warming being contributed by all the livestock today is more than has been contributed by fossil CO2 since 1850. So the, the animals in New Zealand are contributing a significant amount of our impact on the atmosphere. Um, the, the question is whether that impact is growing or whether it is maintaining, and, and that's where the semantic debate comes in. Right. So in terms of that semantic debate and, and whether it's actually okay to even just maintain, what do the various factions say about that? Well, we've seen some of the more, um, I guess, conservative rural groups like Groundswell, that they have sort of made this argument that we may that farming may already be at net zero and then that that's basically equivalent to carbon net zero and that nothing is sort of required beyond that. Um, sort of the more mainstream farming groups have, have, have sort of lobbied for the lower end of the methane target, so a 10% reduction kind of thing, mm -hmm. that that would also even out their contribution. Um, yeah, the question is whether agriculture needs to get to this net zero basis, which is similar to carbon net zero, or whether right. it actually needs to go beyond that and start um, sort of picking up the load from other sectors. Because with carbon, it's very difficult to remove its impact from the atmosphere. You basically have to take it out of the atmosphere. Right. And there's no effective way to do that at the moment. Whereas theoretically with methane, if we start putting slightly less methane in at the top of the river, then eventually over a relatively short amount of time, say the 12 years, the equilibrium flowing out is also less, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's Essentially right. the flow gets smaller. Mm. So, I mean, I guess what what's the overall verdict here? How How much truth is there to the claim? that farming is not <laughs> increasing warming, if we break it down to sort of a really uh, simple statement about this. Yeah, again, it's just sort of that semantics difference, and it depends what you're talking about when you're talking about warming. I, I mean, the truth here, I guess, is that there is a fundamental physical difference between methane and CO2 that demands that they be treated, or at least seen as, somewhat differently. 
Um, and, and that's already the case in the law. We have this multi-basket approach where the target for CO2 is net zero, the target for methane is 24 to 47% by 2050. So this is already recognised that there is this fundamental difference. Um, so, so that's sort of where the truth lies. The, the, the other elements of this are, are all very much up for debate and are, and are quite politically charged. Um, so yeah, science doesn't really have the answer for those things. But what we can say is that, yes, these gases are fundamentally different and that should inform the way we approach them. Okay. The final thing I want to touch on as well is just what this means beyond New Zealand's shores for, say, countries that are only just now developing dairy herds or other ruminant herds that may have been a more agrarian culture in the past um, and now are moving into these particular industries. Because there's a difference there, right, if your your creation of methane, I guess, uh, started later than, say, New Zealand's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that that's the sort of global um, issue here, I guess, is that when you, say, even out your methane emissions, it's sort of a, sometimes it's called grandfathering, where, say, if that herd started decades ago, you're basically setting in those emissions and saying, we're allowed to do this in perpetuity. Whereas someone from a developing agrarian country, country might want to set up a new farm, um, but that room in the atmosphere, so to speak, has already been taken by a farm from New Zealand that started in the 50s. Um, so yeah, there, there is sort of an international justice kind of thing. But but I mean, that's also true for carbon. I mean, some some countries have been burning loads and loads of carbon for for many, many, many decades now. And all these new sort of countries that are that are developing are, are having to limit their own emissions um, in similar ways. So yeah, it, it does raise those sort of international justice issues. Um, but I mean, I guess the the logic of the Paris Agreement is that every country does its own sort of thing, and we have to be accountable for our own emissions within our borders. So uh, so I guess that's where it, it sort of ends up. But but yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a fairness argument to to seeing emissions in that particular way. Well, great. Thank you so much, Charlie, for explaining that. It's obviously a pretty difficult uh, subject for a lot of people to grapple with. Um, But you can read more about this topic and and go into a little bit more in depth uh, with Charlie's full fact check, which is available at stuff.co.nz forward slash whole truth. And we'll be back uh, with a new episode in coming weeks, but you can read and listen to previous fact checks at that same link, stuff.co.nz forward slash whole truth.